Elias St. Elmo Lewis was an American advertising advocate. In the late 19th century, when he was still a young man in his 20s, he firmly believed in pursuing new scientific principles. In 1898, he issued a paper that took ideas expressed earlier by Joseph Richards, outlining what he called the ADA model for sales, A-I-D-A. You must first make someone aware of your product or service, then get their interest, then their desire, and finally get them to take action, A-I-D-A. St. Elmo Lewis shaped these into a funnel shape with awareness at the top, then interest, then desire, and then action. This became known as the sales funnel, or sometimes called the marketing funnel, and it's been criticized almost as long as it's been around. Early criticisms were it didn't take into account post-purchase effects like satisfaction, repeat patronage behavior, and referrals. recently, criticisms have focused on the idea we don't follow linear response processes and that there's a difference between cognitive and effective thinking. Today, as more and more experts vie for your attention on social media, there's increased criticism for funnels. But regardless of new technologies and new applications, we do still need to become aware of something first before we purchase. And we do need to develop an interest and then a desire before we take action. So today on Stories and Strategies, is the sales funnel dead or is it just the tactics and the technologies that have changed the way the funnel is used? My name is Doug Dow's music off the top of the Wellerman Ragtime Sea Shanty performed by Scott Bradley. My guest this week is Megan Doherty from One Stone Creative. Megan, joining us from Gatineau, Quebec, right? I am, I am, and thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here. Great to have you, and that music off the top is something near and dear. If it's a shanty, it works for you, right? It is. I was brought up on Stan Rogers and his ilk, so uh, anything even remotely related to the Canadian Icom East Coast seafaring music, I'm very, very into it. I love that area. I've not been twice. I've only been twice, but what a beautiful area of Canada. Um, If you're coming from Europe, actually, uh, and you're thinking just Toronto, I'm I'm just going to see Toronto, maybe Montreal, I don't know. Um, see the East Coast, PEI, and the west side of Newfoundland. Oh my God. (laughs) That's gorgeous. Gross Morn Point. Megan, you are the founder of One Stone Creative, a full-service podcast mm-hmm. planning and production company that brings years of digital marketing experience to podcasting. You help your clients get more mileage out of content they've already created, network with other professionals, generate new business. One Stone Creative and Stories and Strategies actually are... <laughs> kindred spirits we, we in some worlds we we would be classified as competitors and, and sort of maybe we are but in the world of podcasting it means you and I are friends we're colleagues we're helping all ships rise that's one of the things I like about being in this industry because I mean you know you can you know, walk into any group or any podcasting event and you know you can shake a stick and hit you know two dozen podcast producers or different companies doing the same thing but there's plenty of business to go around yeah uh, and there's plenty of like there's a lot of choice for people to find you know companies whose vibe and specific deliverables really match theirs and people are so willing to help each other out in this industry like and it really it is about rising the tide that floats all boats it's it's a great industry it's kind of like going to a gym. 
you know? Yeah, it's like going to a gym. Yeah, yeah. Megan, um, you and I were chatting about where podcasts fit in the marketing funnel or the sales funnel, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The general expression that I hear from senior podcasters is they feel that podcasts fit closer to the top of the funnel, up near awareness and interest. For me, mm-hmm. that that doesn't do it perfectly. At first, podcasting is a weekly habit for only one in four people. So there's more awareness of podcasts than that, but not a listening habit. Second, mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things about podcasts is the deep layers of trust that listeners build for the brand and actually in particular the host, Mm -hmm. it would seem to me podcasts do a less than average job getting people's attention. But once they have it, they're marvelous for harnessing that trust through the lower parts of the funnel desire and action. Am I crazy? I don't think so. And I I mean, I think it all really, it, it depends so much on what type of podcast you're creating and even more on how much audience you have to begin with. Uh, I think a podcast, you know, like any other type of content marketing somebody might do, uh, you can create it, you can make something absolutely amazing. And if you've got no one there to listen to it, it's it's not going to serve you any better than a blog post or anything else. So how you know how it works in the funnel, um, I completely agree with you is that 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 relationship that you pe- listeners build with hosts is extraordinary. It can even be I know maybe you notice this on the production end. Sometimes I feel like I know my clients better than I actually do, because I'm listening to them all the time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and it really creates this feeling of intimacy and closeness. And then you get on a call and it's like, oh, wait, no, this is this is not that type of relationship. <laughs> and that's happening to right. listeners and to our audiences as well. Um, and, it, you know, I think it can really work in different places within a funnel, um, depending on, you know, what strategic angle you're taking with the podcast and how you're leveraging it specifically in your own business based on your own needs. So sticking with the funnel, and I do want to get into is the funnel still a funnel, but sticking with the funnel, you have to get people into awareness, then you have to get their interest, then their desire, and then the action. I think what we're both saying is if you have the awareness and the interest, the desire and the action, podcasts are kind of perfect for that, but you got to get them in there in the first place. Do podcasts Mm -hmm. still have one in four? I mean, that is the stat pretty much worldwide it's a 25 percent 26 percent weekly listening habit and i mean that's pretty good for in terms of global habits but i mean in terms of attracting new business your own podcast isn't going to do a very good job on that other people's podcasts will do a fantastic job with that (laughs) the sales funnel overall uh i don't know about your social media feed but i get bombarded with you know content stuff that says funnels are dead or are funnels dead? That kind of thing. So tell me, um, the concept, are funnels dead? You know, I don't really think so. I think the, the marketing funnel was developed as, you know, it was it was created as a way to describe human behavior and the way humans become aware of, learn about, and make a decision based on a company. You could even say, you know, based on a friendship. It's the same pattern of behavior, becoming aware, getting to know a little better, making a decision, getting closer, making commitments. Uh, you can call that a funnel. You can call it a circle. You can call it a flywheel. You can call it a ladder. It's basically just a way of talking about the process by which one person or entity gets to know and decides to commit to another. Um, so I think, you know, it p- particular tactics or, or, um, ways of applying a funnel. Sure. They're going to be popular. They're going to fade in. They're going to fade out. They'll go up and down. But I think the basic understanding of this is what people do to become buyers. Uh, I think, I think that's, that's still true. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've heard a lot of, well, we need to think beyond the funnel, because then there's retention, and, and is it uh, mm. the sideways eight, you know, the infinity symbol? Yeah. Um, I, I love that concept, but still bringing new people in, there is, there is kind of a funnel approach to it. And I like how you described it. There's a marriage funnel, there's a boyfriend, girlfriend funnel, <laughs> there's a, you know, there's a, a buddy funnel, all of that. There's a dog it's walker it. funnel, you know, exactly. there's a gym funnel. There's a... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think something that's um, you know, really good to to keep in mind is, uh, you know, as a business owner, especially, uh, whatever you call it, you do want to be aware of how it's happening because you have a limited amount of resources to invest in you know acquiring new business, and you want to know what elements are working. So being able to divide things into step and be able to divide different categories into groups really does let you optimize and see this is what people find valuable. This is what encourages more people to take action. This does provide the information they need. Being able to divide things enough to get that data to be able to make good decisions, I think that's probably not going to go out of style. And to get people into my funnel... <laughs> Um, the typical approach is to create a lead magnet. So for us at Stories and Strategies, my chief lead magnet mm-hmm. is this how to start and grow your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And you download it and it's free. And it is. It's a, it's a good document. Um, <laughs> there's lots of good info. I put a lot of work into that and we mm-hmm. made it shiny with with bubbles and things like that. And then you're supposed to follow up with the Godfather offer. You know, an offer you can't refuse. Have people caught the on? Language to- is so violent around funnels. I, why is it all so violent? You're gonna close that <laughs> sale. No. I've, I've heard of like you know shooting the lock off the wallet, and it's like goodness gracious. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It is. So my questions are: at the whole lead magnet idea, have people caught on to that? Do you think? I think to an extent. Uh, I think you know people understand that that's the game that that companies yeah. are playing. Um, but I think there's also understanding. You know that is the game. It's the game. It's kind of what we have to to play. I think, you know, anyone who runs this kind of business understands, you know, your email list is still one of your most important tools in terms of being able to make sales and, and, you know, build those relationships. Um, And I think that the kind of the general public um, also understand, yeah, the my email address is how I pay for things. Um, You know, I think there is more like sophistication around, yes, this is what's happening. Um, But I think it's also like, yes, this is this is how it works now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it is it is important to get that, you know, mini level of commitment of someone sending you their email address. Um, you know, we, we've still got ours too. Ours is like the State of Business Podcasting Report. Uh, it's is excellent. kind of one of our opt-ins. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, and like, you know, we put a lot of work into that every year as well. I think the age of like the really short bite-sized, you know, here's, you know, a checklist or, or 10, like a one-page PDF. I think those are no longer considered worth someone's email address by by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't have specific data to back that up, but I think uh, more live events, more robust content is sort of the expectation that the standards are higher, uh, which is good. I think that's good. A 2019 report by the BBC found consumers are more engaged during the branded parts of a podcast than they are during the rest of the content. A 12% higher memory encoding. That same study found podcasts increase awareness of your brand by 89%, favorability of your brand by 24%, and purchase intent, whatever that means for you, by 14%. Maybe a podcast is right for you and your brand. Send me an email personally and let's just talk about it. Doug at storiesandstrategies.ca Let's talk podcasts. 
So we both talked about our lead magnets. Walk me through a customer journey uh, that you could see someone taking and how a podcast might contribute. And this is going to be whatever the service or whatever the product is. I, I get that. But fictitiously, walk me through that. Yeah, well, see, uh, this is something that we've thought a lot about, or that I've thought a lot about over the last couple of years. And we really divide podcasts into different categories based on what their business goals are. I, mean, we, I know you're aware of what we do, the, the business podcast blueprints. And what they mean is really strate- strategically a podcast existing at a different point in your marketing funnel, depending on what your what your goals are. So you had someone who said uh, had a real estate podcast, and their main uh, goal with this, this podcast is to get new clients to show houses to who are hopefully going to buy houses and then down the road, use them to sell the, the house again. So a, a podcast might not be a uh, you know top of funnel magnet for them at all. It might not be useful. There's not enough people who are listening to a podcast at that particular moment in time when they're buying a house. You know, maybe the podcast is going to be more about developing relationships with other industry professionals, with plumbers, with drywallers, with landscapers, with community services, so that there is a much broader array of uh, people who can provide leads, who can say, oh, I know a great realtor for you. That's going to be a relationship building style podcast that, you know, does work a little bit on attract, but it's on the one-to-one human attraction rather than one-to-many broadcast style attraction. Uh, and that can be a really effective way to, you know, leverage a podcast within your business and build those relationships that are going to help with your business rather than looking at your podcast as kind of the billboard uh, of your of your services. So just as, as one example, and as another one, maybe, you know, if you are trying to get that really everyone, hey, pay attention to us and our company, we've got great things to say. Uh, you know, so you are talking to experts, you're promoting, doing a lot of solo episodes to get your own IP out there so that you've got your own stuff for people to be paying attention to. And you're going to spend twice the amount of time promoting every episode as you are recording it. Because, uh, you know, you've got to find those new people. So it really kind of depends to what does the podcast need to do for your business? Where should it go in your funnel or your infinity circle? Or, uh, you know, maybe it's even for people who have already bought from you. This is the ongoing education podcast. And it's all about retention. And that podcast is just for people who are your clients who need ongoing insight. This is a great way to get one to many information out to them. So I think, you know, uh, looking at first what the business goal is, and then saying, how can a podcast fill this goal? Or can a podcast fill this goal uh, is the way to make it fit elegantly in your funnel, however you want to describe it. Extending beyond podcast, because I think what you just said was gold. It, you you have a valuable tool here with podcasts, but it could be it could be you're building a newsletter. It, mm. it could be anything from the broad communications standpoint. It could be an event that you're holding. What you're saying is deliberately target not only your audiences but where that customer is in their journey, mm-hmm. um, and who the key contacts are that might defer the customer at that point in their journey to you. In other words, you're not necessarily going B to C. You could be deliberately thinking B to B, even though ultimately you need customers to buy your widget or purchase your service. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And just um, uh, sometimes you know, it can take some experimentation. You might need to try a couple of different podcast styles and a couple of different formats to see where it is going to fit well in your business. But I think a big mistake people make when they get into podcasting, and maybe you've seen this as well, is, um, oh, the other accounting firm has a podcast. I should have a podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, Rather than thinking, this is the area in my business that I know needs development or I know needs an ongoing source of content or you know, ongoing resources being created, really starting with the goal. Um, I think kind of it, it doesn't make the funnel irrelevant, but it makes the podcast valuable no matter what. Share with me one or two experiences your, your own customers have had their successes attributable, at least in part to their mm-hmm. podcasts. So one of uh, my favorite examples of this is with, it was with a financial services company and they buy the numbers, very small podcast, uh, not anything that, you know, you'd want, like I'm 
nowhere near the top of iTunes, a couple hundred downloads a month, maybe, very right. tiny by the numbers, right? Um, they can directly attribute tens and tens of thousands of dollars of new business every year to the show um, because they really intentionally create episodes around topics that matter to their ideal clients, you know, say high net worth individuals, for example. Then they give, they feed those episodes and how to use them to their sales and support team members. So when someone reaches out for the first time, it's like, oh, you know, I wonder, one of our partners had this great conversation with someone about this issue. Why don't you listen here from about minute 20 to about minute 40? Well, that the customer had this really intense personalized experience. They got the parasocial effect of listening to the partner. They eventually talked to the partner. And the question is not, should you I hire you? It's when can we start? Uh, so it, it dramatically reduces the length of a sales cycle based on really intentionally using and deploying this information that they know is relevant to them. That's just kind of, you know, one way it can be really, really useful indirectly uh, or kind of after the fact of production. And there's a classic bottom of the funnel experience right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they already had the desire. Oh, Megan, I've really enjoyed this. Um, it's great meeting you. I enjoyed your conference from a couple of weeks ago that you held yeah, online. You. Always download um, your, your podcast for business um, report. It's a good one. It's linked in the show notes, by the way. Thanks for being on Stories and Strategies. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, Doug. I cannot wait to see what uh, what happens in the coming months and years. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Megan Doherty, there's a link to the contact form from her website in the show notes. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. We're hoping you might leave a rating for this podcast on either Apple or Spotify. Reviews are also welcome. They help funnel more people into giving the podcast a try. Thanks for listening. 